Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good evening. I'm Angela Kokot. You're listening to On Point. Energy has been at the center of Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine, whether it be cutting off gas to various countries or having other countries cancel energy contracts with Russia. It's easier for some countries than others. Germany, for example, relies heavily on Russian energy be it natural gas, oil, or coal. My next guest believes it didn't have to be this way and goes back in history to a decision former German Chancellor Angela Merkel made. David Welch is University Research Chair, Professor of Political Science, Basili School of International Affairs at the University of Waterloo, joins us this evening. Professor Welch, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Give me an idea how dependent Germany is on Russian energy. Well, at the moment, uh, Germany depends uh, 77% of its energy is from fossil fuels. And by far the biggest source uh, for German fossil fuels is Russia. Uh, about 38% of uh, Germany's input is from Russian sources. Now, that's uh, a different story today than it was uh, many years ago. Germany used to, in the 1970s and 1980s, have uh, quite a lot of nuclear power capacity. It had very little in the way of uh, wind and solar. And in the last decade, we have seen Germany ramp down its use of nuclear energy and ramp up its solar and wind sources. Uh, But of course, the gap between those two is large. And so there's a lot of backfilling to be done, and Germany does that with uh, fossil fuels. Wow, that's a lot then if you're talking about that kind of a percentage. Uh, I enjoyed your article in the Globe and Mail because you're saying it didn't have to be this way. When you talk about nuclear energy, go back then to the 70s and 80s and how Germany looked and the path it was on. Well, once upon a time, Germans were actually fairly enthusiastic about civilian nuclear uh, power generation, and particularly so in the early 70s after the uh, first OPEC oil crisis and the oil price shocks of uh, 1974. So Germany invested quite heavily in nuclear reactors and uh, built um, a surprising number relatively quickly. Um, basically, I think 33 uh, total reactors um, completed in Germany. But then in 1986, the Chernobyl disaster happened in the Soviet Union, uh, what is modern-day Ukraine. And, of course, that was very spooky for a lot of people in uh, Europe. Um, Of course, the the plume of radioactive uh, fallout from Chernobyl actually went uh, west and north and fell a considerable degree on areas of Europe. So that um, that put a bit of a chill on German enthusiasm for nuclear energy. And uh, that combined with sort of a general anti-nuclear attitude flowing from the uh, opposition to the nuclear arms race between the United States and the Soviet Union uh, was among the things that helped fuel the rise of the Green Party in Germany. And uh, the Green Party rose slowly, but one of its main planks was anti-nuclear. And in the 1990s, uh, when there was sort of the famous sort of Red uh, Green Coalition in Germany. Uh, the government decided that they would um, cut out or curtail use of nuclear power, and um, 
So the peak production was actually in 1997. Uh, by March 2011, Germany was getting a quarter of, elect- of its electricity from nuclear energy, and it had 17 reactors in operation. But uh, the go- coalition government formed after the 98 federal election had decided to phase that out. So the goal was to have a complete phase out of nuclear energy by 2022. But when Angela Merkel became chancellor in 2009, uh, she actually canceled the phase out. So her view was that Germany should actually continue to use nuclear energy. It was reliable. It was cost effective. It was cost predictable. And of course, the German utilities were all in favor of amortizing the costs of their significant investments in nuclear energy. And so she decided that she wouldn't bail on nuclear energy. But then the uh, great Tohoku earthquake and tsunami of March 11th, 2011, uh, which resulted in the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear accident in Japan, uh, caused an immediate about face. And uh, Chancellor Merkel decided very abruptly uh, to close eight of Germany's reactors immediately and to phase out the rest by 2022. And in that, she was actually supported by German public opinion, which is, again, spooked significantly by Fukushima, just as they were by Chernobyl. David Welch is my guest this evening. He is University Research Chair, Professor of Political Science at the University of Waterloo and the Basili School of International Affairs. And we are talking about Germany and how it had been on the road of nuclear energy. And there were some major bumps along the way. So this latest one then in 2011, the the Fukushima disaster, you're saying that Angela Merkel didn't follow her scientific or scientist roots because break down that disaster. And as awful as it was, there were some things that Merkel should have looked at in, in maybe changing her mind on this quick decision to phase out nuclear energy. Right. Well, first I would note that of course, nuclear accidents are horrific. People are sort of justifiably scared of them. And that's in part because uh, radioactivity has a kind of a a silent horror aspect to it. You don't see it, you don't smell it, you don't taste it, you're not even sure when you're being exposed to it. And there's a lot of popular culture having to do with, you know, the awful destructive effects of radiation. You can go all the way back to the first Godzilla movie. It's all about nuclear radiation, generating monsters. So there's kind of a general public horror. Um, It's, in my view, it's, it's understandable, but it's also to some extent misplaced because nuclear power generation is, in fact, extremely safe. In fact, it's, it's safer than virtually any other large-scale source of uh, electricity generation. If you look at sort of the mortality from coal, from oil, from natural gas, from wind, even from solar, all of these sources of energy have higher mortality rates um, per kilowatt hour of electricity generated than nuclear does. And in part, that's because nuclear accidents are really, really rare. Germany's had a few very small ones. They've resulted in no contamination. They've resulted in no deaths. Same with Canada. We've had some very minor nuclear incidents in our history. Again, no local contamination, no deaths. Uh, This is common. There have only been three, I would say two, significant nuclear accidents in history, Chernobyl and Fukushima. Uh, Three Mile Island is often thought of one as well, but um, if you look at actually what happened and the consequences, it was actually also relatively minor. Uh, But the thing about Fukushima was it was entirely a function of a massive historical tsunami. And the nuclear power generators were sitting right there on the coast. 
they were closer to sea level than they were supposed to have been because the original design called for the um, reactors to be at a higher elevation. And if they'd been up there, they wouldn't have been flooded. And they were moved down just to make it easier to pump water for cooling. So it was just an operational convenience decision to override the better judgment of keeping the reactors at a higher level. Uh, that reactor was an American design, and American designs put backup power systems underground because in the United States, what you worry about is tornadoes. You worry about hurricanes. You don't worry about tsunamis. Well, in Japan, you worry about tsunamis, and that's why Japanese designs have their backup power generation systems up high above the power reactors. So, of course, with this American design sitting on the coast in Fukushima, when the tsunami hit, of course, the reactors, uh, the, the reactors and the backup power systems flooded. So without any power, they couldn't cool the cores. And of course, you had the meltdown and you had the explosion and so forth and so on. Uh, now, the same thing happened to another Japanese nuclear plant down the coast, Fukushima Daini reactor. Uh, but in that case, the workers at the plant actually managed to connect up emergency power supply to keep the coolant moving. So you didn't have a meltdown. You didn't have a, a tsunami. And, uh, if, of course, if, the, if that had happened at Fukushima Daiichi, then the narrative we all would have had after this massive tsunami was, look how amazingly safe nuclear power reactors are. There wouldn't have been this shock and horror. But in any case, in Germany, uh, tsunamis aren't a problem. Earthquakes aren't a problem. They're very rare, and they're very minor. It's geologically stable. So what exactly was the disaster that... Um, that um, Merkel was worried about. That the record of operation for safety for German reactors was superb. There was no reason to think that it would be less than superb in the future. Uh, Germany is a wealthy, high-functioning country with very good nuclear oversight. So there was no particular reason to fear anything like what happened in Fukushima in Germany. Wow. If Germany could learn from that and see what happens in the future. Uh, David, I really appreciate you giving us this scenario, and I encourage people to check out theglobeandmail.com for the whole article. Thanks again for your time. You're very welcome. David Welch, University Research Chair, Professor of Political Science, Basili School of International Affairs at the University of Waterloo.